Um, so the first talk, uh, uh, Marcos, or Mark, is, he's my brother. Uh, I'm the better looking though in the family, no doubt about it. But he's going to share with you some of, of his, um, of what he does, uh, the mental uh, work that he does. I had the privilege to work with him, start working with him at Bulls, and um, we shared a lot of things uh, for many years. And he, um, he has a lot of good insight. His work as an ex uh, executive coaching for big companies all over the world. I can give you a little bit of background. And he's also been working with world-class athletes for the last 10, 11 years. And he helped me out to create a peak performance program at Bulls like in 2009 with a small group of people. Like we started with like uh, Ryan Murphy, Joseph Schooling, many, many, many good athletes that we had there. Right. So I'll, I'll pass, I'll pass the, the torch to Mark and just go. Now this, this talk is supposed to be half hour, but it might take more. It's okay. My brother likes to talk and it's good. Uh, so, if you have questions, we can, after the talk, unless it's very important, you just wait, take notes, and after the talk, you, you can ask any questions and we can have a conversation about it. And whatever time is left, I'll, I'll give my presentation. It's a lot more simple. Huh? All right. Good afternoon to everyone. Uh, I hope everyone is doing well, especially due to the circumstances that we're going through. Uh, now, uh, I, I did the last session that I did not too long ago. We had with this, the Spanish-speaking coaches, so I may place a little word here and there. Normal, probably not, but just in case. If you need clarification, let me know. Just, hey, what did you say? Just to make sure. It's great to, to be here today. And, and as I'm going to talk a little bit br briefly about uh, myself and then about the session. Uh, I, as, Sergio, as Sergio mentioned, I have worked with, with athletes for, the, for over 10 years. And besides that, and, and, and these athletes can be from just uh, summer league swimmers to Olympic level swimmers. And besides working with athletes, I have worked in the, in the business world for more than 17 years. I work with different consulting firms in, in the U.S. working on the productivity, efficiency part of it, and also on the, what they call people solutions, working through different levels in, our, in an organization to help them to match the behaviors with the structure that they have to maximize results. My background is engineering, so I studied engineering, master engineering and business administration, but my studies for the last 10 or 15 years have been uh, psychology, neuroscience, emotional intelligence that I have used successfully in consulting and also with, with athletes. So today's session, today's session is a mix between science and my experience. Science, there are things that you're going to see that you probably have seen before. And then I'm going to show you things that are developed based on what I have learned and, and my intuition and the process that I have followed. And at the end, I will provide you with a tool that I have used, I have used with athletes, very effective tool, okay? Now, the idea of, of this presentation is not for me just to talk. As, as Sergio mentioned, let's wait for the questions until the session is over. But the idea is that I'm gonna present things that you know, and we want to create conversations. So if you can share something that about a topic that we're going to present that you know a little bit, share with everybody your experience, what you have done, and then also ask me questions about the things that I have presented. Also, Sergio mentioned that initially it was 30 minutes, and I had tried, but I haven't been able. Because the topics that I'm going to present, some of them could be just uh, one topic could be a, a whole session, a whole workshop. So I'm trying to give you a, an overall view of things that they tie together to show you the mechanism so then you, you understand certain things that allow you to go and to find more information, okay? So we're going to start with the session the, with the title, The Power of Taking Control of Your Mind and Body. And there is a reason that you have mind before body. 
I'm sure that you have experienced that with your athletes. You can prepare an athlete to any competition, uh, Olympic trials, summer league, <laughs> national level, Olympics, and they can do everything perfect in training. They can follow the cycles. They can be in practice every day. They can take care of themselves well, and then they get to that moment and something happens. Something happens. And the, the, the incredible thing is that we don't know why. He was doing perfect and suddenly gets to the pool, gets to that minute and the magic disappears. The idea of this presentation is to show you why the magic disappeared and some of the things that we can do to keep the magic there. Also, I have this picture here in this presentation. I had it for a while because I was able, you know, I, I was lucky to, to, to know many streamers at balls and then after balls in different in college or, or clubs. But with Joseph, I, I was able to work a little bit and keep in touch, like Ryan, I was able to keep in touch with Ryan. I didn't work with Ryan directly, he was part of a group, but not, indirect, not, not directly like sessions, but with Joseph for a little bit when he was in high school. And I was able to see the progression. And when he got to that moment, if you see that day, if you're able to watch the video clips of Ryan or Joseph when they went to the final and look at their body position, their faces, you could see that something was going to happen. Not just that, if you check the progression months earlier, when they went to the Grand Prix here, Grand Prix there, and you saw the times, the splits, and the way they talk in the videos when they, when they were interviewed by Stream Swam or whoever, you could see the confidence, the, the, the way that they talk, and then you could see that also reflected in, in, the, in the swimming. So that's the reason I, I always put that as an example. And then you have the common take it, that is a tattoo that Joseph has in the back. And for me, that's an anchor. You know, we know what is an anchor. It's something that activates something. He has it on his body. So it's something to remind himself, or any swimmer can have it, maybe a word, to remind himself why is he doing what he's doing and what is what he loves the most. Joseph loves to race. So come and take it. Take it is his, his sentence, his symbol to say, hey, I'm here to race. Okay. So. Also, uh, just this uh, interruption here, I placed my, the email there because in the prior session, Sergio mentioned, hey, please, just in case at the end you want the presentation, you don't need to write everything, just write what you think is key, and I'll send you the, the presentation later on. So let's talk. And here we have, let's put the, the, the basis for the discussion, this discussion. So I, I place an example of going from, oops, to yes. So we have Michael Phelps here, somebody that I really admire a lot. He's, he's an amazing athlete and he has done something, not just in the pool, but outside that you can see now reflected in his life. The picture in the left, I'm not sure if you remember, that was the 30th of September, 2014, when he came out. Uh, he was arrested because of a DUI. He was driving while intoxicated. Okay, and then in the right-hand side, you have him at his last race at Rio. So how can you get from being in the top, being very, doing very well, getting to the oops, and then going into the yes? So let's talk what happens when you don't have the control of your mind and body, especially your mind. What are some of the things that you feel? You wanna feel anxiety? You wanna feel doubt? You wanna feel fear? And you don't feel confusion. Now these things they don't, they just they just don't appear by themselves. Oh, they just happen one day. There are certain causes. There are certain activities that activate this type of emotions or feelings. For example, pressure. So you have achieved 2008. You have achieved the best. You achieved the best. Whatever you wanted. You wanted to achieve eight medals. I have done everything. 2009 wasn't bad, world championships. Then after that, you know, we have, we have the Olympics of 2012, London. You could see that he wasn't into it. Something was going on there. And the highest point of the issue came in 2014. Now, the amazing thing is that he was able to go to the yes. So when you go from the 
oops to the yes, what needs to change then? So you go from anxiety to excitement. Because when you're an athlete and you're excited, it's totally different than when you're anxious. Maybe it seems the same, but they are not. You go from doubt to confidence, from fear to courage, and from confusion to clarity. And if you see uh, Michael Phelps now, you could see how he was able to carry what he had learned, you know, the, the yes, carry into his life. It's an amazing example. This is a very out-of-the-top example. You probably have swimmers that you know they're training well, they're doing the things, but as soon as they get to the racing time, and maybe it's not at the, at the qualification races, maybe not, maybe the Grand Prix or qualifying for nationals, it's when they get to nationals or when they get to the big meet is when something changes. So our goal as a coaches is always to take our swimmers from the oops, whatever level is the oops, to the yes, to the excitement, confidence, courage, and clarity. Because if we're not able to do that, it's when we're going to be playing the lottery to get performance. We will know for sure if it's going to happen or not. So why? Why this happens? We always ask this, and I was a swimmer too, and I was the mental, the TV, you know, Sergio and I would swim, would swim, and, and I, even though I went with the national team in Spain and I came to the US, I was a mental case. I was. I was I'm very analytical, there's certain things. And that was always, I was like, why is this happening? Even in business, why these things happen? So around 12 years ago, something happened in my life that made me start thinking, I need to know. And I found out, and I found out exactly why. And this is like a life-changing moment. Not used as a person, but as a coach. Once you start understanding how the mind works, the different levels, how the brain works, and how they are tied, then whatever you do as a coach, is, it can become very effective. Because now you know what you do, what you do. You can create things that go specifically to the mind. Instead of you saying things that you feel and maybe creating something that doesn't have the right positive, the, the positive or the right outcome. So here we have, this is when you're born. When we're born, the only thing that we have as a baby is subconscious mind. A baby just does what he does, but, and, and he learns by experience and association. So the great thing when you're a baby, what is it? What the great thing is that you repeat things. You're not afraid of doing things. When you only have the subconscious mind, and, and, and at that time when you're born, the subconscious mind is your instinct. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do that. It's something nobody's teaching you really day by day. Don't do this. You know, your parents give you direction, but you're not conscious yet, yet to really understand everything to the point. So early on, you only have subconscious mind. You're not afraid to do the things that you need to do. To get better then as we develop and we arrive to the ages from 7 to 12 approximately you start creating this analytical mind this conscious mind okay and in the subconscious part through your experience until 12 years ago or all you have created these positive or negative identifications and associations that then they translate into habits and behavior so uh, you know, you, you go, let's say that you're a young kid and you go to the pool and at eight years old. Hey, you're not good enough. And your stroke looks bad. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. Your mind is, is very, you have a sponge as a brain because the, the brain wants to learn. So everything that everybody's telling you, your parents, your coach, your friends, it starts creating associations and that creates what? Habits and behaviors. By that time, you start creating your analytical mind, your conscious mind. Then we get to the adult mind. By then, you already have your conscious part of the mind, the subconscious. You have created the analytical part of the mind. That's the filter that separates one from the other one. The key here is that that filter doesn't allow anything that doesn't look like the subconscious is not allowed there. So let's say that you're a coach and you have these kids, these swimmers, that no matter what you say, they still do the same things. And you say, but why? Well, the why is because 
nobody has taken the time to really understand what are the identifications as associations that create those behaviors. We just assume that they don't want to do it, but we don't know the background where they come from, what it means for them to do this or not to do that. So we're fighting against the subconscious mind. And maybe for a while they'll be doing something, but they will go back to the habits and behaviors, the stronger ones, the things that they do automatically. So for us, for us to be able to create change or to be able to go into the apps, well, let's talk about creating change. For us to be able to create change, we need to be able to go into the subconscious mind. We need to be able to implant the right identifications and associations. We need to be able to go there and give, them, give the swimmers every day at training, at competition, give them things that they do, uh, the way that we express, things that help them to create the habits and behaviors that we want them to do, knowing that that's going to help them to get there. Fighting and pushing usually is not going to work. So our goal is always to understand that the subconscious mind, mind dictates whatever they're going to do. So what can be done? So our job is saying, okay, I need to upgrade that software, those experiences they have internally, associations, those things that they have in their mind. I need to be able to go into there and be able to send different messages. One of the things that you can do is meditation. And I know Sergio, and I'm not sure if he talked about that the last meeting here. He talked in, in the other ones. I wasn't here, the last one. And he talked about how he, how he did this exercise with the swimmers at balls. And, and I think he does at Virginia Tech. He has done it for a while, where they go under the water and they relax. And they try to, to, to get to a, 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 high, a, a, low, a high point of relaxation not thinking, and then they make them swim. He has a process he can explain after, you know, when we're done with the session. One of the things that I had done uh, a few years ago, I started to do, that got me, uh, in, you know, that got me into, into using certain tools that I'm using now is I learned about trance and hypnosis. I have somebody that, that I used to work with their girls, they were swimmers, around 10 years ago. And she's a, she's a therapist, a counselor, and she started doing clinical uh, hypnotherapies. And then also he was doing sports hypnotist, in hypnotism. So he asked me, hey, Mark, do you want to do it? I think it will help you. So I started getting into it. And I realized it. I realized that, that to bring somebody into hypnosis is, is, is just, it's just to change. It means just to change the focus of the person. Instead of thinking about, many things and having this internal dialogue with hypnosis or trance, what you do is you take the person to a new level of relaxation and through relaxation, to take, you take them to this theta level of trance where themselves, they can talk to themselves, they can create visualizations that, that they will get anchored in the subconscious mind. You cannot force the subconscious mind. You have to be relaxed. That's the reason that they say always visualize in the morning, early in the morning or before going to bed, because that's when your body early in the morning still like drowsy. So you are in a different, in a zeta state. And when you go to sleep and you start going to sleep, you get in a zeta state. It's very easy for you to give yourself suggestions. Hey, you know, I feel, I feel good. To, I'm going to be doing better in training. You start, and you're talking to the subconscious mind without having the filter from the conscious mind. So it's very important that, if we don't upgrade the programming, if we don't update whatever's inside of the subconscious mind, it's going to be very difficult for us. It's going to be pushing like a, a big truck to get somebody to do what they can do. Now, I want to show you the power of the mind. So we're talking about the subconscious mind, the different levels. Let me show you the power. I use always this. Uh, it's very interesting. So I want you to follow the instructions that you have in your left-hand side. Stare at the dot in the center of the, of the circle and then move your head close to it. Okay, so do it. Look at it, and then, so what do you guys see? Can you, anybody tell me? Don't, don't type it because it's faster if you tell me. What do you it guys moves. see? <coughs> Moving. Huh? Movement. Movement, what, what movement do you see, Andy? Anti-clockwise and clockwise. Okay, 
So is it really moving, Andy? Oh, no. No. I'm losing. Say it again. I think um, I, I don't think it is physically moving. It's an optical illusion that our mind's tricking us into. Exactly. So here we go. It's true. The, there's nothing moving. There's just the position the, the, of the two circles, how they're designed, and then the motion creates this uh, uh, illusion, uh, optical illusion. So you're right now. I always use this because for coaches and for swimmers, it's important to know that whatever you see in your mind sometimes is not based on reality. You know, you may see a swimmer and think this is like this. <coughs> what swimmer may see a race. So the idea here is that we need to understand. We need to understand what our swimmers see when they see something. Because by knowing that, we'll know if it's the circle, if it's nothing, and then we'll be able to use our words, uh, topics or whatever to help them to change the subconscious part, their mind. But we need to be able to make sure that we know that, that the mind, the mind plays tricks on us. It's not always what we see the reality. I hear something. I'm not sure what it is. I hear. Please, uh, if you have the check your your microphone. Thank you. I still hear it. You hear it, Sergio? Okay. Yes, but I think it's stuck. No, no, didn't stop. Have on check and try to meet people. Okay. So let's talk about the secret. Oh, what is about? Uh, what can we do? Or what tool we have available to really create the change that we're looking for? And I call it the secret because it was around 2006, I believe, that it came out this book called The Secret and the videos and all that. And it says, visualize, feel it, and do it, and all that, and everything will come to you. And then you have affirmations, you know, I have read everything. Now, they have certain level of truth, certain level, superficial, but there is more there. Once you understand the bi biological part and the mechanism of your, of your brain, you start understanding the impact it has, what you see and what you talk about. So what I would like to do now is talk a little bit about this secret about brain plasticity. The brain is a very powerful tool. So what is brain plasticity? Is the brain plasticity refers to the brain's ability to create this neuronal, this group of neurons, or this, these uh, networks of neurons based on experience. So it's the brain's ability to change with learning. So every time, let me explain that, every time that you learn something, you have like 100 billion neurons. So every time that you learn something, new experience, or maybe even the new one, you activate neurons. And these neurons start finding other ones, and they, cre they create these clusters. Okay? The more that you practice something, this activity, the stronger they get the clusters. The stronger they get the clusters, what happens? You create a habit. becomes automatic. Okay? That's the, the, that's the power of the brain, plasticity. You see, around 40, 50, or 60 years ago, they thought that the brain was fixed. They thought that when you were born, you know, you developed a certain age, and that's it. Whatever you are in your brain, you know, that's it. Through technology, they have been able to, to realize that the brain never stops learning. Now, I want you to think about this. If you do the same every day as a coach, or you do the same every day as a swimmer, what happened with change? What happened with your brain? Think about it. Nothing. You're just reinforcing the same life, the same performance, the same habits. The only way to change performance is to change something, some experience to change the way they think and to change the behaviors. So remember, no, no doesn't matter. If you tell them every day the same thing, it gets recorded here. To create a change in the way they act, you need to change the way that you speak to them. You need to change the experience that you give them. And this is very powerful. So let's talk about the brain in general. So the mind is the brain at work. So the analogy will be, look at your computer or your phone, and the screen, the screen is the mind. What you see is the mind. And the brain is the, is the laptop with the keys. 
Okay, that's the hardware. So reflect. If I if if I put one type of software or another one, and I type one way or another one, I'm gonna get some results. If my operating system stays the same, I don't update the operating system of the computer, but I change some programs, what could happen? Could happen that my computer crashes. So think about it. Everything that you see or everything that swimmers see and they tell you means that some software has been placed in there. Okay, so if you wanna change what we see as a coaches or what we see as a team, was a group of coaches. Oh, but we want to change what the swimmer sees. We need to understand what type of software the swimmer has in the mind. So the brain is made by around 100 billion of neurons. Some people say 84, give and take, but there are a lot of neurons. Learning creates new neuronal connections, new networks. And the frontal lobe, this, you know, the frontal lobe is something very important because it's like the CEO of your brain. It's the logical part, the planning part. You see the brain, the, neo, the, the brain, actually we have three brains. We have the reptile brain, the one that was formed, the first one. Then we have the limbic, that's the emotional brain, and then we have the neocortex, okay? So in the neocortex here, the part of the brain, we have the frontal lobe. It's the one that controls our actions our decisions, our logic. Something that I don't have here, but I'm gonna explain is that once you have an experience through your senses, because remember one thing, the brain doesn't have eyes. I'm saying, if you look inside, the brain doesn't have eyes. <laughs> you know, the, the, the eyes of the brain are the senses. Whatever you sense, those are the eyes, okay? So if you have an experience and through the senses, you, you send information to the brain, if you don't give enough time to get the, the signal to the front, to the frontal lobe, and it gets only to the limbic system, you probably wanna have an emotional reaction and maybe it's not gonna be the best. So our job as coaches should be to teach swimmers to be able to relax enough so give it, they give time to the information to arrive to the frontal lobe so they can make better decisions. As a coach also, think about it. Are you giving yourself time to get that signal to the to the logical, rational part of it so you can make better decisions. And that's the power that we have, different than any other species. That's what gives us power. The brain doesn't difference between what we see in our mind, imaginary, and what we experience real. Doesn't, really, it's, it's just amazing. Again, the brain doesn't have eyes, so if you visualize something good enough, and this is the point, everybody does some type of visualization, everybody, you know? Usually a few weeks before competition, let's do some relaxation, see it. It could be good. I'm not saying it's good always. It's better to do something than nothing. But good visualization, many times it's not long visualization. It's short, but very emotional, very effective, very focused. Okay. When you do that, because the mind doesn't distinguish between reality or not, what happens is you're activating the same neurons and you're activating the same muscles, okay? The same muscles as you do in competition. I have athletes. Well, uh, one of the athletes that I have now, one of is at the high level, she has been uh, two-time uh, world champion medalist. She has been using that, and she sees so clearly, I even get emotional, okay? That she's like, that's impossible. I feel that I'm there. And you could have seen the changes that she has gone through in mentality, because she has done the race so many times, plus other things, that she feels that is there. So think about it. Imagine if you go to the Olympics. Imagine you go to Olympic trials, uh, sectionals, whatever competition. But you have done that race many times before. Real. I'm not saying once. You have done that race 10 times. You know exactly how you're going to do it. You know exactly what you want to feel. And the brain is going to say, okay. So when you go to the meet, it's easier, easier for the brain to say, okay, we are here. This is what we wanna do. Regardless, maybe the pressure that you have is gonna be easier for you to control. And the brain, because has learned, now is in automatic. So this is a very powerful point about the brain. And then we have what makes the brain, the brain and gives the plasticity. 
So we have these neurons in our, in our brain, neurons that fire together, they wire together. And neurons that don't fire together, they don't wire together. So what's the meaning of this? So we have an experience, and I explained a little bit before that, you have an experience. So neurons start moving. Oh, look, Marco, Sergio, you know, Shirley, Andy, the people that I'm seeing there, you know, they ha I'm having an experience. So they start finding other neurons. And then what they do, they activate. They fire each other, you know, they fire and they wire together a little bit. If you repeat again the same action, they'll get stronger. The, 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 the wiring is going to get stronger. It's like welding. And the more you do it, it's going to weld more, more and more. And eventually it becomes automatic. That's the reason it's hard to change strokes from people, besides the feeling, to change habits of doing routines. Because they had fired so many times that they have seen it in their mind that they cannot see it otherwise. It's automatic. And, you know, it's like, I remember you, hey, Marcos, move the, the hand a little bit differently. No, I'm doing it. No, you're not. You think you're changing, but your body already learned that position. Now, this is powerful because if you want to change your behaviors or you want the athlete to change, the only thing that you need to do is create a, a new habit Okay, a new behavior. And then have the athlete, in one way or another one, have the athlete repeat that behavior so these neurons fire together many, many times. So let's say that you, you want to eliminate this behavior. Create a new one, have them repeat it, one way or another one, maybe in training, maybe at home. And eventually this one is going to become strong, automatic. And the other one, the old habit, is going to start pruning because you're not activating that. You can even try it as a coach. If there are, for example, there are abilities that you want to gain, you want to become in a certain way. And you say, okay, I want to be more organ uh, confident. I want to talk in this way. Visualize what it means. Find out exactly how, how it will look at and try to express. You do it enough times, eventually you do it automatically. And then whatever you had before, behavior before, will start to disappear. So this is the power of plasticity. Be able to change. Everybody, doesn't matter the age. I don't care if you're 12, 24, 30, 50, 60. You know, everybody, no, I'm too old to change. No. You have to have the desire, but we can change. So if you want to develop big performance in an athlete, we really need to develop the right mindset. And to develop the right mindset, we need to give the right information and experiences to the brain. I want you to really, each one of you, I want you to really reflect and evaluate what do you do in training? What type of experience are you giving to your swimmers? Because I know it's not easy. I used to, you know, I never coached as a, a, like a, for a long time, but I used to coach when I was in college, summer leagues, you know. <laughs> but the point is that you have 30 or 40 swimmers, okay? 30 or 40 swimmers. I'm oh, also coaching as assistant for a little bit. But you have a lot of swimmers, and I know it's a lot of energy. Now, what can we do as a coaches to start developing the right mindset for younger swimmers so when they get to 14 or 15 or 16, they already know certain things. It makes it easier for you to work with them. Instead of waiting until they are 16, 17, 18, they have developed the behaviors, the actions, they're going to be very hard to change. So a recommendation. And I don't know which age group you work, but if you can start earlier and develop certain exercises as part of, of practice on focus, on, hey, are you feeling, feel, feel, think about something that makes you feel good as you swim, different things, you start creating the mindset, you know, and that's very important because that's the only way to really develop peak performance or have a, a, a swimmer to, to get to that level. And when, when I look at Dressel, you know, we have him here in the picture. That's, that's what I see. You know, Dressel used to be at Ballstooth in a different, you know, maybe with the school. He will train part, part of the season with the school. But he was this, 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 this swimmer. And I don't know internally what's going through, but this swimmer, when you see them there, you seem always ready for swimming. Always ready. There has to be something internally that clicks, switches, that he has learned to activate, to have the mindset to be ready no matter what. Doesn't mean that always is going to be perfect, but he can switch that. Now, if he can do it, because this is a process in the mind, everyone can do it. 
So if you can take only one concept based on what we have taught, we talk about the subconscious mind, the impact that it has on creating the ups or the yes. Okay, we talk about the brain plasticity that we can use to change the subconscious mind. If there is one thing that I show swimmers, because all these things I show to my clients, you know, clients, the swimmers or the coaches that I work with, is I always give them information. One thing that everybody, all the time they have is thoughts equal to feelings. Because that's a summary, a summary of everything. So, so let's say when I work with a swimmer, every time they go to a swim meet and we do the debriefing, hey, how are you feeling? Oh, I was feeling bad. Okay. What was coming to your head when you're feeling this? This. What happened for you to be feeling that way? You see, you help the people, you help the athlete to process what they're feeling instead of saying it, you, it's going to be okay. Oh, it's going to be okay. You know, no, no, no worry. Next time, maybe start helping them to learn how to process what they're feeling through the thoughts. Because at the end of the day, remember, your brain has the software, and the software, software are the thoughts. The thoughts create the beliefs and perceptions. Okay? So if you can help them to manage the feelings through the thoughts, then you can control your situation. You can control your performance. So thoughts equal to feelings. Think always about that. If you feel bad, why am I feeling bad? What is causing it? What thoughts, what self-talk am I hearing in my head? And if you change the self-talk, you will probably be able to change your feelings. And when they learn that, some of them, they just like, wow. When they learn that they can change their feelings by changing their thoughts, it changes everything. So now we're going to get into things that I have developed based you know, things that I use with the athletes to bring all this information and to create the base. So we talk with athletes. I always talk about the same topics that I show you, maybe in a different format, but I show them. I want them to learn as anybody else. I want them to be intelligent, not just to follow things, instructions. So why do we need to take control of the mind and the body? Why? And what I have learned, and, and I know Sergio yesterday was talking with, based on the, on the next talk that we have, about energy systems. So one of the things that I learned in my life, working with executives, with leaders, with athletes, whoever, is that at the end of the day, if we don't have energy, first, we, we, just, we are not alive first, we know we're gonna die, and second, we cannot perform. The level of energy that you have at the moment, that you have to use it, will determine the level of performance that you have. So one of the things that I tell all the athletes always, and when I do the workshops, is like, I want you to imagine that you have a propeller in your back. Okay, like a boat. Okay, you have this propeller here. For this propeller to work, what do you need? So they say, well, it needs to move, it needs to electric, whatever it is, it needs energy. And if you, know, you need energy, the more energy you have, the faster, the longer it's gonna last. So how do we create and maintain energy okay so the idea here is that every time that i diminish my anxiety i'm allowing my energy what to flow every time that i diminish my doubts more energy flows you see every time think about it every time that you have anxiety doubts or fear or you don't have clarity you your body gets you know your your brain starts creating these chemicals and your body has to use energy used to keep you alive so every time that i can help an athlete or even a coach to eliminate anxiety doubts and create motivation clarity what i'm doing is i'm allowing energy not just to go through but to expand so my goal is always no matter what what i do this is my end goal is to provide the athlete the tools so they can create energy and maintain energy especially at the meets i want to be able for them to go to the big meet and be able to feel good. Not just feel good, feel that they have the power to translate what they did in practice into racing. So the levels of energy we attain will depend on our ability to manage our mindset, okay? So if you can manage your mindset, if you have a certain type of mindset, that will help you to manage the levels of energy and that will allow you to perform one way or another.
And this is the, I'm gonna show you now, is this is the process that I use overall to apply everything that I have shown you. So it's called FAST. And the first step is the foundation. So we have four steps and the first one is foundation. And here, what, we, what we're doing is, I want the athlete to have new knowledge. If I wanna create new experiences, remember, I'm always focusing on creating energy, but I need to create new experiences, new ways of thinking, so the subconscious mind changes and they create new behaviors. So I need to give new knowledge. If I just tell them, hey, let's have your sessions of coaching. How are you doing today? How's it feeling? Oh, you, you, okay, let's find a new way. Just talking and giving tools. You know, just overall, the, the, the chances of success are not going to be big. I need to give them knowledge that are going to help them to really change, to, to create that performance. But that knowledge has to be specific so they can make controlled decisions. For example, a knowledge in, uh, I have this thing about cognitive distortions. Cognitive distortions is negative self-talk. So I have these ways of labeling, you know, it's a scientific level, you know, you can name the type of cognitive distortion that you have. So I give them this table and say, okay, this week, just write down all the negative, all the negative thoughts, self-talk that you have. I don't care what it is, just write it down. And then next week, I want you to start labeling each one of them. So you see, now becomes objective. So what I'm trying to do is give them the foundation knowledge so they can start making decisions. Not just knowledge so they can live and say, well, they told me I need to control my thoughts, my negative thoughts, and okay, I'll do this, but there is not something specific. Of course, you have to create accountability and commitment. So first we give them new knowledge as the foundation for what? For the next step action. Uh, like Bruce Lee said, if, if you don't, if you just have knowledge, you know, it's worthless. You need to implement things. You need to take risks. So the next step is, uh, for me, facilitating that. I need to help the athletes. Some of them, it's harder. Some of them, it's easier. easier. I need to help the athlete to take action. We need to set up things in a way that, okay, I'll take action. Sometimes it's small steps. Sometimes they are okay with doing more. So you have to know the athlete that you have in front. So the idea is to take risk so we can start what? Changing what? Remember, experiences, associations, create something different. Doesn't mean they're going to feel different in the beginning. Some people, they do. Some people suddenly it's like, oh, now I understand. Some people, it takes weeks. The idea is that by taking action, I give them new experiences. Once they take action and we give them knowledge, the next one is solution. And here, here is about self-awareness. So the, the athlete has to ask himself, what am I learning? So here what we're focusing with the swimmer is what works and what doesn't work. You see, I'm teaching them a process as we go, because I teach them all this. I show them the process. As we go, they learn how to process things, how to learn themselves. They learn to be their own coaches, mental coaches. And because each athlete is different, each athlete is gonna have different solutions. So one solution may work better for one, one solution may work better for another one. But at the end of the day, if they work, I'm okay. The next step, the fourth one is transformation. And here is when, by doing, giving them knowledge, specific knowledge, taking risk, taking action, and then finding what works or not, things start changing. Sometimes you see like amazing changes, okay? Because remember, whatever they had in their the subconscious mind was always there. Doesn't mean that just happened. It just happened. It just happened to be that when things are good, you don't show what is in subconscious mind. You normally can handle. When you're younger, you can handle it. Now, when life changes, that's the that's 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 the that's the when things get ugly. Why? Because now you have things you cannot control. Automatic things, reflectors that you had before. So for example, one thing that I learned, one of the things that I learned is that with teams, you really know a team and you can check with your coaches. Think about your coaches if you're in a, in a team. You know really how good is a team when you are in a bad situation or a bad moment. When everything goes well, everybody is happy, no? It's like when there is money in a company or people are, but when things got, got bad, you have challenges, that's when the subconscious mind, whatever you have there, starts coming out acting out okay so they start learning and so the transformation comes by changing the, the mental models that they have 
and then the developing new beliefs and then with that behaviors. So here the key is really help them because the knowledge you can give knowledge, but the action and the solution. Help the athlete. Think about your athletes when you go to, to the to training or to competition. What are you telling them specifically to do? So they can reevaluate maybe after the meet or maybe during the meet. Because for me, one of the things that I mentioned before in the, in the last talk is that for me, what matters is the is the big me. So if in the you have, you know, like I had this athlete and he had the ISL, he had priests and things like that. In one of these meets, swim meets, doesn't go too well in we trying things. I care, but I'm not worried because what we're doing, we are learning. The person, the athlete is finding a solution. So think about, about as a coach, what are we guys, what are we got, what are we doing as a coach, as a coaches uh, to give to our athletes, maybe before the meet, maybe during practice, that they can reflect, create self-awareness and find solutions, their own solutions, so so they can they can get better at the mental game. So now the last part of it, and I think I moved pretty pretty quick, yes. Oh, I'm going to show you this tool. This is a very effective tool, has been used by Olympic athletes, NFL, uh, the Cardinals, baseball team. Very successful. The, the creator of this method is called uh, Jason Selk. So I have been using this with a lot of success because it's, a, it's like going to practice, only takes 10 minutes a day, sometimes less, and helps you to work different aspects of the mental and physical game. Okay, to manage your body, to uh, manage your focus, uh, self-awareness, uh, how you feel about yourself, and it's very powerful and only takes 10 minutes. So that's one of the things that I have every athlete that I work with, they do at least four times a week. So I'm gonna show you, uh, so it's five steps. I'll, get, I'll show you a table later on, but you can also check in internet. They have uh, YouTube videos, it has a book, just in case that you wanna learn more. Five steps, 60 minutes before practice and competition. And this is important because, again, you want to train. This is not just talking about let's visualize. I am about training. You know, I used to be a swimmer. I like, the, I, I like a structure. So I ask them always to do it one hour before practice, around that time, and competition. So your body gets in that state. The more that you do it, then when you get to the meet, the easier it becomes. Remember, your brain train, trains, the neurons get together, they wire, they wire, they wire, and then it becomes very easy, very easy to do this type of, of training. Again, remember, if you don't train the mental part and you do it only once or twice before the competition, the chances to really help uh, are going to diminish. Then it's an example of a, whole, of a holistic approach to training, and I really enjoy that, physical, technical, and mental. So in training, guys, think, I, I would love to really do like a questionnaire, like a, like a survey of how many hours do we dedicate as a coaches to give mental training, seriously, or even talk. I know we have limited space and time, but think about it, how much? Uh, how many hours a month? Five, two, zero? Think about it. But we give in physical, we give in, we give in technical, but at the end, everything goes away if the mental part is not there. So think about it. That's just ironic. I like it also because even though it's a holistic approach, when you do this exercise that I'm going to show you, this, this table with the five steps, you're really also working the physical and the technical. When you visualize well, remember, your brain activates the same muscles. And if you do a good job, it's like you are in the competition. Remember, again, the brain doesn't have eyes. So whatever you sense or you feel becomes real in your body. And then when you go to competition, okay, let's do it. We are here again. Okay, I have this sensation. I want to do this. It becomes easier. Mental training developed as an itemized weight training program. I love it too because you have steps, you have repetitions, you have length of time. It's not just do. I think you, you're gonna love it. And then mental training equals to mental strength and then mental control. And mental control is everything. When I look at Phelps, I'm like, how he does it? I'm saying, these swimmers, you know, Caleb, well, do they feel nerves? Do they feel excitement? 
I would love to be in their brains to be able to understand what they're thinking about before a race or how they manage certain things. It would be amazing. Once mental strength is developed, then individuals can choose what tools to use uh, for different situations. And this is amazing. This is what I love. I know that I have done my job. When I have an athlete that you give them these uh, five steps or other ones, but these five steps, they learn how to do them well. They do the training every day, the 10 minute training. And then they tell me, do you know, uh, I, I, uh, I was in training. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling, I was feeling like, my heart rate too high, this, and I, and I use the centering breath. And I was like, yes, now I, my, my, I'm doing my job or what I'm doing is working because they're retaining the information. Remember, the more they repeat that, I know that when they go to the big meet, they will remember. I have, for example, this exercise that I learned from somebody called bilateral stimulation. It's very simple. And, and this athlete, this, the, 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 the swimmer that I was talking about, uh, I, I told her and, and she thought, this is too simple. This is dumb. And she did it and the, wow, works. So bilateral stimulation is, you know, you, you want to move things from one side to another one because you have the left and right brain and each one has different functions. So by doing that, you are getting not, your brain not dizzy, but you're confusing. So you're getting out of the thoughts that you're having in the moment. So you do it with what? With whatever you have in your hand. So most of the swimmers have a bottle, water bottle. So I tell her, hey, if you have a water bottle, so you just go like this. Concentrate on the motion. See, it seems stupid, no? But your brain starts seeing this and starts, because you cannot focus on two, two things at the same time. So if you don't have a bottle, take your cup. You don't have a cup, take whatever, you, you, your flip-flop. Nobody sees it and you're working on focus, on managing and controlling uh, your, your mental state. 